0: Welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector. All those who keep heritage alive at the community level. This episode is part of a series of programs in partnership with the Memorial University graduate course, Folk 6740, Public Folklore, and the Craft Council of Newfoundland to document craft traditions in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. My name is Natalie Dignam. Today, I'm in the studio with Carrie Eveny. Carrie is a textile artist at Kitty Vitty Plantation in St. John's. She embellishes products like pillows and jackets with hand-dyed fabrics and embroidery and makes her own products like purses, cards, and patches. In addition to her artwork, Carrie also teaches at the Creative Sewing Atelier, a nonprofit with the Refugee Immigration Advisory Council. The Creative Sewing Atelier creates equal access to sewing classes, art, and production in the community. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Natalie. So you graduated from the College of the North Atlantic Textiles Program, and you studied textiles in school. Were you interested in textile work when you were growing up?
1: Yes. Uh, When I was young, my grandmother actually taught me how to knit and uh, some minor sewing skills. And then in high school, I continued to take sewing classes. Uh, I had asked for my own sewing machine for Christmas, and I used to bring it into the school and actually drag a desk out into the middle of the hallway and set up because um, I didn't feel like the rest of the class took the lessons as uh, serious as I did. Um, so what got you interested in working with textiles when you were young? Well, I can definitely credit my grandmother and my my sewing instructor from the high school program. Um, my teacher in school had a never-ending patience for the students. As I said, most people didn't take it as serious as I did, so instead of... Um, So often, instead of putting effort into trying to read the patterns on their own or instructions, they would just bombard her with questions and require help, Uh, so that's why I worked out in the hallway. It was a much quieter working place for me. Um, She was a very positive person and really encouraged me to keep going with my sewing work, something that I had never considered before as an actual career path. And then uh, my grandmother, she grew up in Ivanhoe, which is a small resettled fishing village on Ireland's Eye. Uh, like Trinity Bay Area. So uh, supplies and materials were very limited there, uh, so it had to breed creativity for textile work. Her mother had one set of knitting needles that my grandmother wasn't allowed to use for fear of losing them, so my grandmother actually took two of the suckers candy, the sticks, and got her father to sharpen the edges of them, and that's what she learned to knit on herself. And then uh, most of the materials coming there, you know, very, very limited in, in colors and variety and choice. So she had to create patterns on her own through embroidery work, but also the dye work. So when I was in the textiles program and I learned how to do natural dyes, and I was so excited about this. And I remember running home and calling her and saying, Nan, I did the coolest thing in school today. I used maple leaves and I dyed wool. And then just goes, yeah, I made yellow, right? And I was totally unimpressed to her this is what she had to do growing up. Um, so that was that was a big uh, influence into getting me into textiles the appreciation was there for me.
0: So do you think you brought in that kind of like reusing and recycling that you learned from your grandmother into your own artwork?
1: Well, I didn't really appreciate them when I was young. Um, it wasn't until I actually started doing it in, in school in the program and you know I'm learning this in a college program whereas Nan just did it for, survival. Um, so I didn't appreciate it then, but I definitely appreciate it now. Um, and I guess I should, I should ask too, for people who aren't
0: familiar with what textile artwork is, uh, can you describe some of the different kinds of
1: textile artwork? Yes, so uh, textile, the actual definition uh, is textile arts and crafts use plant, animal, or synthetic fibers and material to construct practical or decorative objects. Um, so it varies from the uh, art or visual arts. Uh, textile work is more tactile and more hands-on work. So other examples would be like pottery, embroidery, surface embellishment, beading, knitting or spinning wool, weaving, and as we had just mentioned, sewing and hand-dyed materials. And it sounds like a lot of, those things are uh, th- things that people can utilize in their
0: everyday lives, but do they necessarily have to be, or can they just be pieces of artwork that don't necessarily have a utilitarian side to them?
1: It doesn't always have to have a practical use, and I know in the history of humans, like we like to embellish things. Like If you just had a, a blank blanket, it's, it's kind of boring and it's not as comforting, but when people started doing quilting techniques and embellishment, it actually uh, just brings up, elevates your, your mood. Um, it's more comforting. You relate it with home or, you know, it's something pretty to look at. So I, I feel like art and, and textile work is good for the soul. It might not necessarily need to have a practical use, but it's uh, it's nice. It's it's welcoming. Uh,
0: so today you can be found at your studio space at Kitty Vitty Plantation. Uh, is this the first time that you've
1: had your own studio space? Uh, Yes, mostly I've been working out of uh, out of my parents basement for a lot of years Um, So this is nice because the uh, the KDVD plantation is a craft incubator So we rent out the studios and we get to produce and sell directly from it So I've been used to doing markets and having one to a five-day setup Whereas here, it's a a full-time commitment and you have the space to do your work But also the opportunity to sell so it is a retail location and that space is really cool
0: too, because you are surrounded by other artists in their in their studios. And the way it's set up, you can kind of look at what everyone else is working um, with. And
1: uh, is there benefits to having that kind of setup in your studio? Oh, for sure. Um, especially when I did the textiles program, uh, you always had people surrounding you who are also into craft and you could have, uh, you could bounce ideas off each other and always generate moving towards the next thing and bettering your product. Um, after I graduated, of course, um, I was working, as I said, from, from my parents' basement for a long time, and I mean, they didn't know what I was talking about half the time, so I couldn't just converse with other artisans to, to help me grow. Um, Whereas with the plantation, you have all of these other dedicated craftspeople trying to make themselves known as well. So it's a great place to bounce ideas from and be inspired. And as you said, the building itself is just a beautiful place, beautiful location right in the gut. So I find that's just the atmosphere of the whole place is inspiring. Uh, Do you guys ever collaborate on projects? Yes, there has been. Yeah. So... We all differ. Um, just to go over quickly uh, what the other artisans have to offer we have a pottery worker, a leather worker, uh, a new seamstress who makes bags and accessories. We have some printmakers, silk screen prints, and uh, we also have some paper cuts and different textiles. So, over the years now, the plantation's been open for about five or six years. So, there's been a lot of collaborations. So, if one person wants to do silk screening but doesn't like she wants pillows but doesn't want to sew them, then they'll bring it to me or another seamstress and we'll sew it up for them. Or you can do uh, different collaborations of a whole art piece. And we've had some exhibitions in the past and things like that.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, going over there and like walking around the exhibition space like at the bottom. Um, And you also said like it's a retail space. And I was wondering, uh, what is some of your most popular pieces that you sell?
1: Well, I'm fairly new to it. Um, the plantation is geared towards emerging craftspeople, so we're trying to find the products to sell. Uh, for me personally, it's uh, usually my cards, which is a cards using a technique of iris folding, and I use little scraps of material in that, but also my clutch purses, which are 100% wool felt, and I hand dye all the materials and then embellish them. So I find those products are do really well. They're small, easy, beautiful products.
0: And I've also noticed, it, like talking about the uh, the purses, um, that your your work has a lot of Newfoundland themes. You have patches with blueberries, or Newfoundland dogs, or pillows with the colors of the Newfoundland flag. And I was wondering um, where you get your inspiration from, and what kinds of things you feel like are you're attracted to.
1: I really like to go for organic patterns, and especially when I do the the dye work with my material and the freehand machine embroidery there's no structure to it exactly so sometimes you don't know what you're going to get as an end result you just uh you're going with it so i like to follow uh, that theme of being organic and i i'm often inspired by nature and the things around me so feeling the connection to newfoundland here and to the island and the ruggedness of it I'll, i'll inspire me and you can see that through my products and i was really
0: excited when you were talking last time we talked um, about your newest project with the jean jackets and could you describe what, what that is about?
1: Yeah, so I've, uh, I've come into this love for denim and I, I really love denim jackets so I'm looking to be producing denim jackets and also doing the embellishment work so again, uh, dyeing the material uh, there's so many techniques within that but also doing embellishment on it so doing, uh, making my patches and brooches that you can attach or remove or doing custom orders of people who have different themes, but also just doing the embroidery work on the jacket itself.
0: Have you had um, any ideas of like, of jackets that you're picturing that you want to start with?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many ideas. <laughs> um, it's hard to, hard to know what the first one is going to be, but I just found some white denim. So I'll probably do some dye samples now in the next couple weeks and see what kind of colors I can produce. Um, I'll have fun with different techniques of of dye work and tie-dye and also shibori, which is actually sewing into uh, the fabric before you dye it, and you pull the threads tight so it gathers your fabric in, and then you dip it into the dye. So it's similar to tie-dye, but it's a little more structured. Um, But also, uh, again, going with the theme of being organic, I love trees and the pattern of trees, so I think my first piece is probably going to have that sort of theme to it so cool I want one (laughs) Uh,
0: so when you're not creating artwork at uh, your studio you also teach with the creative creative sewing atelier uh, which is located right down
1: on harbor drive Uh, what do you teach there So that is under the Partakes, which is a social enterprise of the Refugee and Immigrant Advisory Council. Uh, This is a brand new program, so I've been helping develop different ideas and and structure it as well. Um, So right now we are doing sewing lessons. So I have three different groups and we have a session each week and we're there for the eight weeks. So I'm teaching them the basic techniques and skills of sewing. So we started off learning how to thread the machine and uh, you know, just, just doing straight lines. which sounds simple, but it's is not always. And then we've started making products. Um, so each lesson, we learn uh, new techniques and skills through doing a different product, and each one is getting a little harder and harder. So we're into week five now, I believe, and we're creating a, they've actually just done the introduction to quilting. So they're making a little patchwork pillow. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, And I was also wondering, what does Atelier mean? So Atelier is a French word, um, and it means uh, like a workshop or studio of a professional artist in the fine uh, or craft arts. Um, So it's with a teacher and students or apprentices, and we all work together producing pieces of fine art or craft.
0: Um, And this program also is part of the Refugee and Immigration Advisory Council. So I'm assuming that a lot of uh, the participants that you're working with are new residents to St. John's?
1: Yes, some have been here for a few years. Um, Most of my students right now are uh, Latina groups, but uh, we, have, we actually have a map in the room itself, and one of the first things that we do is we all introduce ourselves, and we put a pin where we're from on the map. So it's uh, really interesting to see. We're, we have people from all over the world, and uh, we're hoping to continue with that and have more. But it is also open to the local community, and we want to be, uh, hopefully down the future, producing things for the local community.
0: So the things that uh, people produce... Um, in these workshops, like, what's kind of the long-term plan of how people are going to be able to continue to use these skills if they, let's say they don't have a sewing machine at home, will the studio space be open to them? Will they be able to sell back to the community?
1: Yes, so we're hoping to give them lots of opportunity. You can come in and uh, rent the space or do it by donation. Like, we're not trying to make money off of this, but just keep any money that we make back into the program. So we want to make this as accessible as possible. So students can come into the studio or just people in the community and work on their own. We have about five sewing machines available, we have sergers, we have a big table and all the equipment that you need so you can come in just with your own fabric if you like and work on your own. So we have one man who's from uh, Syria and he's a tailor but he doesn't have his own equipment so he comes into the studio to do his own tailoring work. And we also have a Table with the farmers market, heavily involved with the farmers market, so we can give our students an opportunity to sell as well if they'd like to go through us and uh, participate in markets and selling their products.
0: So, uh, this program also, um, you mentioned it, but it's also open to the community. It's not, you don't have to be a new immigrant to participate.
1: No, no, it's open for everyone. We wanted to support the local community.
0: Very cool. Um, and I, I also wanted to ask uh, about your position with the Craft Council of Newfoundland and Labrador. You're a juried member, and I was, I was wondering, what does that position entail?
1: So as a member of the Craft Council, there's different memberships you can sign up just to just to be part of it and involved uh, in what they do. But also, I'm a juried member, so all of my products that I sell down in my own studio have to go through a, uh, a process. So they're looking for, they have a standards of quality. So there's all these applications you have to fill out and write about your product and then submit samples of it as well. And a jury meet up about once a month. And they sit down, and I think there's about 10 of them at this point, and they critique your product and basically give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down at the end if uh, if you can sell it. Um, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice standard to hold your craft to, because if they approve, then you know that you meet all of the requirements of it to be considered a fine craft and that it's quality.
0: So that would be... Really, like, all of the things in Kitty Plantation and, like, all the artists that have studios there have gone through that process for their crafts.
1: If they haven't done it before, they usually do it during it. We have some new artisans that are working on that now. Um, but in order to be accepted into the plantation itself, uh, you also need to fill out all these applications and submit samples to be critiqued by the steering committee and also from the other artisans in the plantation. So anytime we get new resumes and stuff being dropped off, we all get to have a look through and, and say yes or no. <laughs> I think people sometimes have this perception of, of
0: like, fine art versus craft art, but when you're talking, it it just sounds like there is so much process here, and there is so many standards for crafts and fine crafts. Uh, I think people just don't realize that sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes the appreciation isn't there, um, and when you say arts and crafts, most people think of, you know, macaroni and popsicle sticks and those sorts of things so sometimes it's underappreciated and when people um, come down to the plantation that's one of the benefits of it is that you can actually see artisans working in the studios and get the background on their process work
0: when can people uh, visit the plantation is it just open to the public
1: so right now it's open from wednesday through saturday from 11 to 4 and we expect now in May, I guess April or May, it's going to start picking up again. So we'll be open six days a week. And that's generally from Tuesday to Sunday. Um, so I, I think probably an
0: important question is besides going down to the plantation and seeing you at your studio, and you'll, you'll be there during the open hours. Yes. Um, where else can people find your work?
1: Are you on social media? Uh, so I have a Facebook page. It's under Carrie's Crafts and Accessories. Um, that's all I have for now because I'm not good at the, uh, the websites and stuff like that. It's hard to keep social media up. Um, I'm new to Instagram as well, so I learned what a hashtag was a couple weeks ago, and I'm getting better. Uh, yeah, and I do sell uh, a couple of... Um, consignment or wholesale orders so right now i don't have any stores in st john's that are carrying my products but i do have products over in twillingate and that's at the artisan market and i have products at kings point pottery and i also have products over in uh, woody point which is with molly made and do you also do do you do the farmer's market in st john's in the
0: summer or is that separate
1: um i have before but I haven't done it in the, I didn't do it last summer, I think, just because it's it's very difficult getting a table, but I love the farmer's market, and I did sign up now, so I'm hoping to get a few dates come this summer. And I've also done some good market when they've been in town before, and that's a really great community.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I guess uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, you mentioned so much uh, influence from your family and your grandmother growing up and um, learning a lot from her. And I was wondering if there's any sort of uh, techniques or things that you incorporate into your artwork now that you learned um, kind of like like out of formal education, just
1: uh, at home? And I guess most of it is what I learned from school, um, but a lot of times, I, when I visit my grandmother, I'll bring pictures or samples of things that I'm working on, and then she gets excited, and she goes, oh, look what I'm working on, <laughs> and here's what I'm doing. And it's always a great conversation, and especially when it comes to knitting, because my grandmother is, you know, the, the crazy great knitter. <laughs> so whenever I get stuck on things, I'll go to her and, and see what she thinks and what what she can help me out with. And she's always very excited to, to have a hand in what I'm doing as well. So, Does she dye her own wool, or do
0: you? Or do you buy it um, already dyed?
1: Uh, it depends on what project I'm working on. I like to dye all the materials that I use. So I don't do a whole lot of knitting or wool work right now, but on a scatter project for an exhibition or just something that I'm working on, um, I do like to dye my own wool. Um, Nan doesn't anymore. She had to do it growing up um, because if you wanted color, you, you had to dye it, and that's all. So now she usually just buys the wool that she needs because it's so so much less work. Mm-hmm. She's in her mid-80s now, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to be too active having to do it definitely um so i see that we are running out of time
0: but um thank you so much for coming in and talking with me and um Hopefully you get a lot of visitors down at the studio soon to check out your work and kind of it's really cool because you can really just like see the artists in action down there.
1: So Mm -hmm. it's really exciting. Yeah, and I mean, it's a beautiful place to come down and visit um, just the building and walk around and talk and meet the fellow artisans that are here in your community. So it's a positive experience all around. And you can also, you know, buy our pretty crafts. So (laughs) please come visit. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. You can view
0: photos of Carrie's artwork and see her upcoming events by following her Facebook page, Carrie's Craft and Accessories. You can also purchase her artwork at her studio on the second floor of Kitty Vidi Plantation, open Wednesday through Saturday, 11 to 4 p.m. To learn more about the Creative Sewing Atelier, where Carrie teaches, follow them on Facebook or visit their website.
1: I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at hfnlca. Thanks for listening.